I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Hayden Rogers, and this is an appendices episode to episode five, Kill My Spellcasting, about the Harry Potter series and its author, J.K. Rowling. Harry Potter has become a household name, even in households that have never read the books or seen the films. It seems impossible to have missed this worldwide phenomenon. The first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, was published in 1997, and the final book, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, was published 10 years later in 2007. As of 2018, the series has sold over 500 million copies worldwide and as such is the best-selling series of novels of all time. Stories about schools or academies of magic are almost their own subgenre now, thanks to the series. Let's start with the author herself, who has recently made headlines for making transphobic comments on Twitter, much to the disappointment of fans. In 1993, at age 26, seven years after graduating from university, Rowling saw herself as a failure. Her marriage had failed. Her mother had passed away a few years earlier. She was jobless with a dependent child, living in Edinburgh on welfare benefits, and diagnosed with clinical depression. At this stage, she had written approximately three chapters of the first Harry Potter book. Though it was tough, she described her failure as liberating and allowing her to focus on writing. Two years later, she had finished the novel and been accepted by a literary agent. Two years after that, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone had been published and soon became a bestseller, changing her life forever. It's a well-publicised fact that in 1990, while Rowling was on a four-hour delayed train trip from Manchester to London, the idea for a story of a young boy attending a school of wizardry came to her. She often used elements of her own life and experience in her writing. Dementors were based on her experience with depression, and her feelings of grief and loss over her mother were channeled into Harry's similar losses. In fact, much of the wizarding world, set in modern-day Britain, is of course built around existing places, institutions, things, people, practices, and traditions. It could be argued that some of the success of the novel is due to the nostalgia and recognition that it created amongst the British people. There is a great appeal in seeing things we recognise and connect to in the media we consume. And for international readers, those real-world elements painted a vivid picture of the UK. A large part of the charm of the novels is Rowling's twist on the world we know, combined with new additions that fill in the gaps. In particular, when creating her version of magic and those who possess it, she borrowed heavily from existing magical lore and culture in Europe. The different classes at Hogwarts are a good example, each being based on a real-world form of magical practice. And, of course, when talking about magic, there are few things more iconic than wizards, witches, and wands. Rowling reimagined these things, taking familiar, accessible concepts and cleverly adapting them for her world. 
There's no doubt that the richness and detail of Rowling's worldbuilding is the triumph of the Harry Potter series. She does an exceptional job at creating a highly cohesive, seemingly infinite world in which she immerses the reader thoroughly. Every chapter of every book reveals new, interesting details about the Wizarding World, be it history, lifestyle, politics, creatures, characters, or magic. In terms of writing style, Rowling writes with humour and whimsy. There is a dry British wit present in both her descriptive prose, narrative situations, and, of course, characters. She doesn't shy away from exploring small tangents to do with the Wizarding World. This proves to be very effective, as her world-building and imaginative fantasy are key to enrapturing the audience, particularly at the young ages the first few books are targeted towards. One of the interesting phenomena of the Harry Potter series, which spans over 10 years, is that Rowling's writing style, themes, and content matures with her adolescent characters, but, more profoundly, with her adolescent audience. Perhaps one of the great points of her success was that her characters were peers to the readers, and they almost grew up in real time with the audience, tackling many issues that readers would have recognised from their own experiences. Rowling's technical style has received mixed reviews. Some criticise it for repeated use of favoured sentence structures and an excessive use of adverbs, among other things. Others say the same elements of her writing create an active and lively world and are not overused or at least don't detract from the storytelling. On the whole, though, her prose is obviously very accessible, and the success of the franchise speaks to her ability to tell a compelling story, no matter how technically well. Some fun facts. J.K. Rowling is a pen name. Joanne Rowling has no middle name, though the K stands for Kathleen, her grandmother's name. She was asked to come up with a pen name because the publisher was afraid the target audience of young boys wouldn't read books by a woman. How wrong they were. The manuscript of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was manually typed on a typewriter. Rowling is the first person to become a billionaire from writing books, but she took herself off the billionaire list by donating to and creating charities. So, what can we learn from J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter series? Number one, write what you know. This is a long-repeated proverb of the writing world. It simply means that if you write from your own personal experience, you have a profound personal understanding of what you're talking about. When it comes to fantasy, no one has experience in shooting fire from their fingertips or slaying dragons. However, taking a leaf from Rowling's book, she explored her struggles and worldviews through her writing, such as the Dementors personifying her experience with depression. 2. Connect with your audience. From Rowling's setting of the UK and all the traditions, places, people and institutions that come with it, to her characters that grew up with the readers. Her writing captured parts of its audience in its pages. How can you build worlds and create characters that resonate with your readers? 3. Build the best world you can. The jury is out on whether Rowling is, technically, a great writer, but the success of her work speaks for itself. Her rich fantasy and detailed world-building created ultimate escapism, an immersive and real world that readers get lost in, and, more importantly, want to know all about. There's no use writing perfectly if you don't have the perfect things to write about. Number four, keep going. Rowling was writing Harry Potter through what she describes as the toughest parts of her life. If you have the passion to write, don't stop. Thanks for listening. For comments and corrections, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. Just search for Kill My Darlings podcast. 
You can comment on this episode blog, as with all episode blogs, at Hayden Rogers, that's R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net slash killmydarlings. Or you can email in at killmydarlingspodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoy my podcast and want to show your support, please consider becoming a patron of Kill My Darlings on patreon.com slash killmydarlingspodcast. That's all for now. I'm Hayden Rogers, and I look forward to killing some darlings with you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.